Welcome to Creative Conversations. I'm Roger Humphrey. In this episode, my guest is guitarist Justin Hatt, and we talk about the challenges of resuming a career in this post-pandemic era. We join in progress. You know, I'm pretty much at the end of my career. <laughs> I've done what I'm doing or going to do. Um, and you're kind of at the very beginning. Uh, uh, and so I find, and, and I find that things are so much different today than they were when I was starting out. And, uh, and so I guess I'm kind of curious about uh, some of the things that are, that you're finding, well, COVID for one thing, gotten right smack dab in the middle of everything. Yeah, uh, before COVID, I had a really good thing going for a while. I was teaching a lot, and then I was I was the house musician at Horrocks' Farmer's Market. Oh. And so I played there for about almost about a year and a half, and then COVID happened. And then I wasn't deemed an essential worker at that point, obviously. Music, music's not essential, right? Not essential, <laughs> not essential to... Uh, not to the politicians, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> so anyhow from that i was kind of let go from that that job and then my my student like roster basically just like plummeted like people just did not have the extra the income because people were laid off of work and stuff and unfortunately you know all of the other places for that you could be gigging at were also closed so it was like holy smokes like <laughs> there's not really much of a means to have much of an income right Right. And so I, I had started focusing more, doing more online, transitioning to teaching more online. And, and for a while that was okay. Um, but not everybody took on to it. They didn't like it as much as the routine in-person stuff, which is completely understandable. Um, though I have had successes with it now. I mean, in the beginning, doing the online stuff was such a new, you know, territory of, of online learning especially in music, you know, it's very much different than taking an online class when you're reading a textbook, answering questions that are online, but taking actual music lessons is, is a bit of a challenge. But the success that I did find with it was the fact that guitar is, is a, a self-contained, you know, orchestra in a box, really. So you don't have right. to have a piano to accompany you or, you know, a, a whole band behind you. You can do everything by yourself, which has been um, kind of the, kind of the nice aspect of it. But slowly after COVID in a post-COVID world is starting to kind of recuperate a little bit, but it's, it still has not yet been the same as it was before, you know, pre, pre 2020, late 2019. I found that, that teaching online, um, I actually started teaching online almost 10 years ago, long before COVID. And everybody told me I was crazy and nuts and it wouldn't work. And, you know, and the whole, you know, the drill. And, and uh, what I found was, and I, and I tell people, you teach a class differently than you do a private lesson mm -hmm. and you teach in person differently than you do online. And if you accept it for what it is, you know, then, uh, uh and understand that it has its benefits. I mean, for example, um, I can get up close and personal with my hands a lot closer, you know, and do certain things a little easier. I can't reach over and grab them by the fingers and, wiggle their fingers around to get them in the right positions and such. But, but, um, and so it, it, it has some drawbacks. And the other thing that I do, um, uh, is, um, 
uh, I make video tutorials of the, the, the songs that we're working on. So and so they can go through and they've got that as a follow-up to the to the lesson that we had online. And so uh, I, you know, it's little things like that that you can do, just a recording or something, you know, uh, and then just kick it out to them and say, listen to this. This is me playing your song, you know. And uh, uh, and so that kind of gives them an idea of what can be done and, and how it can sound. And I think that's really important. But that's far more, I think, far more important with an online lesson than it would be with an in-person lesson. An in-person lesson, you can just sit there and play it for them. The downside for me with the online stuff is that uh, I can't work on tone. Uh, you know, just there is no way in the world you're going to get a, a good enough quality of sound coming through the speakers. It's that's going to uh, allow you to help them that much with their tone. I mean, you, there's certain things that you can do, but but um, it, that that becomes something of an issue. But so it has its drawbacks, of course. So I was uh, uh, talking to a friend um, in Australia, in Adelaide, Australia. He he's a, a Kind of like you and I. I mean, he uh, plays in a band. He plays in uh, weddings. He plays solo guitar. He, you know, teaches. I mean, just the whole routine. Just he's a half a world away, and uh, and he's suffering some of the same difficulties of getting back into it, starting to get busy again. And Adelaide's a big city. I mean, it's a huge city. So he doesn't have all the driving to do that I did when I was gigging, and or even teaching, and. Uh, so, uh, but even still, it's like, you know, just trying to get everything going again. It's really, really difficult. So, so many people think that this whole COVID shutdown was a, was a local thing. And it's just, no, dude, it was worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I would imagine that everyone across the, across the world, you know, and doing the music thing is, is I mean, doing music is, has always been kind of, you know, you always got to, you always got to work hard to bring in, to bring home the bacon, so to right. speak. Right. Mm -hmm. And then throwing COVID into the mix of that had just, had just, you know, has even further drawbacks and it has already had just because of, you know, working even harder. And like I said, most of those events, it just weren't happening. Weddings, people weren't getting married. They were putting that off to the back burner, you know, different, you know, private events and, and things like that, you know, people just weren't intermixing, right? you know, so there just wasn't an opportunity for those events to really even happen for there to be a need for live music, you know, it's, it's been difficult for everybody. It's kind of nice to see uh, the grip loosening a little bit so that, so that people can get out there and, and work more and, uh, and there are more more places for me as a, as a consumer. There's more places for me to go and see music now and listen to it live. Sure. You know, I, I miss I miss that live thing. There's a lot of it that that I wouldn't listen to typically. But boy, when you're sitting there live and somebody's getting with it, that's that's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So, like when they were doing those, uh, like people were doing those like online concerts where they would like you know send a recording to another person and they post edit it and put it together as if they're in the same room playing there was a ton of the, the rolling stones did that a couple different times they had a bunch of different songs did that keith urban did that a whole bunch of different times had those different live concerts or whatever but his bandmates were all over the world you know right so yeah and, and it was different but i don't know how well those are were attended i i, I don't know honestly hmm. uh if you know and uh uh I don't know what the, I really don't know what the audiences was like. I mean, I don't know whether they were big, as big as, or nearly as big as, or if they were small, you know, and confined. I really don't know. You've, you've done quite a bit of online stuff with, with the playing. 
Yeah, I've been trying to transition to do, I think, uh, the way of the future and the more we get into the more interconnected world with, with social media and platforms and everyone has this in their pocket. <laughs> um, I think content creation is kind of such an important wave of the future because now it's as, as important as it is to be good at your craft and be you know versatile and be a good overall musician. I have found that that doesn't really matter that much if you're a bedroom guitarist versus knowing people knowing knowing who you are. Right. You know, because you can be the greatest player in the world, but if you're only known in your you know little you know I don't know six by ten box or whatever, like you know you're 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 not gonna. It doesn't really amount to much. So that's why I've been really trying to focus on pushing more media, pushing stuff on Facebook and YouTube and all of the. The social medias and i'm and i'm not a, a huge type of guy to like you know be on social media all the time and post all this the stuff i just only kind of use it for the music aspect which is nice because all of those applications are free you know right at least at the time like if, as of right now in 2022 i'm not having to pay a monthly subscription to use youtube and facebook hopefully that doesn't happen right right yeah i use uh that and then i also use um soundcloud because i find that i can transfer or i can give a link to a, a new soundcloud uh thing on, on facebook very easy you know just mm -hmm. go you know so so i don't always do uh youtube but I, I honestly i think youtube is better um in my own personal opinion i you know and uh there's there's some great players out there uh there's some players out there it's really kind of interesting uh i've got to get away from uh, guitar music a little bit and i've got to start listening more to chamber music in general and orchestral stuff and just I you know but but even there I mean I'm, I'm seeing that that uh, there's there's a lot uh, to listen to there's a lot to consume but a lot of the players I'm seeing out there are uh, technically very good but musically not not so good maybe you know uh, it's it's sort of like I'm really impressed that your fingers will do that but I really don't want to sit here and watch and listen I'm just <laughs> You know, that's funny that you should mention that because, well, we all, we both know Chris, obviously. We both sure. have a really good... Uh, Chris Rollins. Chris, yeah, Chris Rollins. Right. Really good relationship with Chris. And I remember studying with him. And I studied with him for almost like six years. Uh -huh. you know, I did my whole undergrad with him, started a community college and transferred. And then post-undergrad, when I was going into grad school, worked with him to kind of prepare for that. So I, I know Chris really well. And one thing that Chris would always tell me that will stick to me with to the day I, you know, can't ever play guitar again is the fact that he would always say, play it musically, musicality, musicality over technique. And he would always talk about, he's like, you know, there are some of the greatest players out in the world that, that are so technically proficient that it just sounds in a way robotic, I guess, for lack right. of a better word. Uh -huh. And um, for the sake of like sheer just speed versus like musicality. And so he kind of ingrained that in me where it's like, and now I kind of have that, that preference and taste too, when I'm listening to players and, and I won't name, name specific players, but there are players that I gravitate towards listening to their recordings versus other great players recordings, because they're just so much more, they just, they inspire me more. And I feel those little goosebumps on the back of my neck more than the other players, you know? that thing why you wanted to learn how to play guitar to begin with you bet yeah i mean a great example is like recuerdos de alhambra right so it's like that's a piece where people some just blaze through it and they just right. rip it and it's just like god it's like what did i even listen to it's just hard to digest right right 
And then when I listen to, again, certain players that I really like, which are usually typically coming from the, the old, like, Segovia tradition, you know, the Segovia lineage, is, is those are the players that I usually like to listen to more than the more modern players. And that's not to say that the modern players aren't as good, but I just, I think there's just more musicality in the pieces overall. I, uh, I, I totally agree with you. Brad, Brad DeRoche and I had the same conversation uh, a couple of months ago. And, um, uh, and that's, truthfully, that's how I feel. I, the story that I told him, this, this happened to me last spring, I guess. Um, you use Ricardos as an example. I'll use Asturias as an example. And, Another one, yeah. And, and I played, gosh, that was part of my repertoire for 30 years. Very intimate with that song. And I listened to some of the new players play it. And technically, they play it better than I've ever played it in my life. I mean, I, seriously, they're just, everything is so clean and so smooth and, and, and it just seems effortless. However, less than a minute into the song, and it's a seven minute song, you know, I'll get less into it and I'm looking for something else to listen to. I'm just really not interested. And I, for the longest time, I just sort of assumed that it was because I knew the song too well. One night I was sitting here, I had YouTube on and, uh, one of the suggestions that came up in the feed was Segovia playing Asturias. I said, ah, I'll listen to it, see what happens. And, you know, and I said, and the next thing I knew it was over. I mean, I just absolutely was enthralled. Now, most of the new players coming up today are technically better than Segovia was ever in his day, but musically, not even close. I mean, not even close. And to sit here and, and to listen to that master play and to get sucked into that song, you know, as opposed to the others, I was like, well, you know, it's okay. But you know, I, I came across a quote a few years ago, and, I, and I've kind of lived by it since then, that I am more interested in that which moves me than that which amazes me. And, and that really kind of sums it up for me in a nutshell. So. Sure, yeah. You know, that, that's the thing, too, is like you, you look, listen to pieces like that that are like staples of the classical guitar, like diet, you know, that everybody plays. And it's like, okay, you've heard it a million times. You know what the notes are. You know what it's supposed to sound like. And for me, this is, again, back to like what Chris would kind of really instill with me. It's like, you know, you've heard this piece a million times and how can you present it differently? Not to the sense that it's like a completely different piece, but to the sense that it's the phrasing of it, you know, and, and the notes and how you, you know, articulate them and, um, you know, making a performance that has been heard time and time again for pieces that are hundreds of years old, but yet still be fresh to an audience, to a listener who knows what the piece is supposed to sound like. And to me, that's always a really good compliment too. When somebody says like, you know, I've heard that piece so many times and then like, you know, wow, I've, I, that was really nice the way that you played. I've never heard it, you know, executed that way or whatever, where you're pulling back the tempo a little bit. And maybe it's not so much about the, the endurance aspect of it, but more about the musicality. Because, <laughs> yeah, both of those pieces, they're endurance races. They really oh, are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, by the time you're through, you know, the first A section, you hit the repeats on, you know, like Requiredos, your hand is like crapping out. You're like, oh, my God, like, when is it over? I'm not even in the B section yet, you know? <laughs> So. Yeah, Brad DeRoche uh, released this summer uh, a CD that he made. It's all Spanish music. It's his first CD, and um, uh, and with Asturias, I mean, 
you know, I, I give the thing a polite listen because he's a pal, you know, and, uh, and he's a good player. And actually, he's a former student. Um, and so anyway, uh, in Asturias, what really blew me away in his transcription, his uh, interpretation of that, was that the, the B section of Asturias is something that people, you just sort of feel like you have to endure to get to the good parts again. And he treated that as if it was the most important part of the song. Hmm. And and that interpretation and his reverence for that part of the song absolutely blew me away because I never heard anyone play it like that, and and it was stunning. It was, it, you know, I it's by far my favorite version of that song, bar none, and uh, uh, and I don't say that very often, <laughs> but you know, so it it comes back to that sense of uh, musicality over physicality. And, right. uh, and so, yeah, it was, that's pretty nice. So, well, when you have this, this slowdown of work, it gives you a chance to kind of work on some of that stuff a little bit too. Yeah. So sure. you have your master's in classical guitar. Uh, I and do. Now, and now you're working on your master's in, um, in jazz guitar. That is, I, um, you know, what's so funny about it is like, uh, I'll rewind a little bit just to kind of get a timeline is like uh -huh. when I was in high school, you know, we had these college like advisors or whatever that were really nice people. Um, and their whole job, you know, was to get you, get you ready for college, you know, get all of your, your ducks in a row, so to speak. And I had uh, many one-on-one -on -one conversations with the advisor that was assigned to my name. It was done alphabetically. There was a couple different advisors. Um, and she was really nice, but I remember <laughs> she had, had conversations with her about what I wanted to do. And I, you know, it was like, I decided, I was like, I'm, I want to go to school for music. Like, I just really don't see myself doing much other things. There's nothing that makes me want to get out of bed and really motivates me. Then like the first thing that I want to do when I get up is, is practice my scales, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so anyway, she, you know, that was always, you know, kind of uh, greeted with a, you know, response of like, you know, okay, well, what's your, what's your first choice? Like, let that be your third choice. Right. You know, which is understandable, I suppose, but you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, it's not deemed necessarily a, a, a lucrative career by other standards. Right. Um, so anyway, I, you know, had been taking lessons uh, privately for a while up and through high school and whatnot. And I had this teacher, his name was Alden Kelly, and he was a graduate of MSU and he was he was primarily like a jazz guitar player. OK, but he would do all this like solo guitar work, but it was like with the concentration of like classical music. And so at the point in my in my very early like understanding of music in general, I was like, what do you even like call that? Like, what is this this music? Like, I've never heard it before. Like my understanding of the guitar was strummy, strummy, strum, sure. a chord progression. OK, solo on top of it, sing over top of it, whatever. And he was like, this is the idea of classical guitar. So then he started showing me all of these different pieces and these composers. He got me into the Bach stuff and uh, Tarrego and Barrios, all these really, really, you know, well-known composers and you know and i was like wow this music is just awesome so to lend lend myself to get my my undergrad and my my master's in it but then i realized post that schooling that i still had like really really big holes in my playing 
And music is just such a wide spectrum, and especially on the guitar, because the guitar is kind of like the people's instrument. It's like in every facet of music that is known to man, you know? It's very much different than like if I had been like a, a cello player, and it's like, okay, the music that I'm gonna play is gonna be chamber works and, and orchestral music. So not to say that you're like pigeonholed in one kind of like facet of music, but you know, there's idioms within classical repertoire that are you see time and time again, you know, it doesn't really matter who the composer is, you know, if you take a piece by the Lobos, and then you look at a piece by uh, Bach, like even though they're very different composers, there's still conventions on the instrument that just lay on the fretboard and you're like, oh, that's also in the Lobos piece, you know, that happens all the time and you make these connections. Um, but I just realized that post all of that, I, I was like, man, I still like feel like I have all these holes in my playing, like as far as like my improv and my ability to read music, that's not necessarily with a, like a classical lens. And so I got really interested in that. And I took a, took a couple classes down here at Wayne with uh, Chuck Newsom, who's my teacher now. And I was like, holy smokes, this is a whole nother level of music. And I feel like I'm starting at square one again. Like, I feel like I'm picking up the guitar all over again. Um, but for me, it's like really makes you appreciate music as a whole. And it's like, wow, there's just so much to learn. And, 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 and one of the biggest things that I enjoy about learning music so much is the idea that it's like lifelong learning. And like, I really enjoy that because I just can't imagine waking up and going to a nine to five office job and be like, yeah, I'm doing the same thing, but I'm not really like learning anything new, you know? And, and not to say that there's not value in that. Like that's, that's great for some people and that's their lifestyle and they're, and they're happy with that. That just wasn't me. Like I just, knew that I wanted to sit down and I wanted to work on new pieces and learn new things and just really dive into the, the endless ocean of what we call music. I, I've, I've told people for years, and I, and I stand by this, that, that the arts, and, and I don't care whether you're an actor or a musician or what, um, it's a way of life. It, it's, it's not something you do on the side, not if you're serious about it. it is, it's what you think about all day, all night, you know, and, uh, uh, um, you know, if you are lucky enough to find a partner in life, you know, someday in the future, that person has to understand that, that they're going to share you with that passion of music, you know, and, <laughs> and, and it's, it's hard, you know, for some, you know, it becomes difficult. I, I remember uh, uh, an early girlfriend, you know, back when I was about 20 or 21, you know, and she was talking about our future and maybe getting married someday. And in her mind, you know, one of the first things that had to happen was I was going to put the guitar in the closet and go get a real job. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Really? You know, see you later. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nice knowing you. <laughs> I'll talk about you on the radio sometime. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 it really is a way of life. And it's not just, you know, the nine to five job. I mean, I know I have friends of mine who, uh, good friends of mine, who, you know, they get up, they go to work in the morning, they get out eight, nine hours later, they come home, they're with their family. Uh, they go do things, you know, socially, they're, you know, might coach sports for their for little league or something, you know, on the side. Uh, and, and they love that life. And, and, and they have a job that, that financially supports them very well. So they may not enjoy the work that much but they enjoy the perks of that and and uh, where you and i and most most of us you know it's it's a struggle every day of every week to find another gig you know it's 
I, that's a part that I never understood when I was a kid. I wanted to come into this is how much time you spent in the back room, not just practicing, but, you know, looking for gigs, filling out contracts, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> you sit here in the morning pounding out a contract and sending it out. It used to be I'd have to stick it in an envelope and put a stamp on it. Now, of course, you know, I could you know, email it, but uh, didn't have that option at that time. Jeez, you just felt like you were spending a boatload of time. And it was before it was even before computers. I mean, I was typing stuff on a typewriter, you know. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, it, it's just like, I didn't want to be an office worker. I'm going to be a musician, but, yeah. but that's, that's all, that's all part and parcel of the job, whether you like it or not. You know, if you get rich and famous and you can hire somebody to do that for you, but between <laughs> most of us never, never achieve that. And so, yeah, you know, well, and, and also you get to a point where you accept the fact that, that, you're going to do without certain material things in your life, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, but, you know, as a musician, a lot of times our material needs aren't that great, you know, so, uh, although uh, there's, there's always one more guitar that we need to buy. So. <laughs> and, and the thing is too, is like my, my material possessions are just a room full of guitars and I don't really feel like I want anything else. Like I just, I like having these beautiful instruments and, but, you know, uh, I know I keep referencing Chris, but Chris always had this running joke with me. And, and if he listens, uh, Chris, I haven't cracked the code yet. I haven't uh, married Rich. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> that was always his, his biggest thing. He said, you got to marry Rich. He's like, find a, a good lawyer or a doctor. And uh, this coming from a guy who's been single forever. <laughs> yeah. well, so what's next? For Justin Hat. Well, try to finish this program, uh, which I know will not be. I mean, I don't think it'll be too challenging, other than the, the fact that it's just a new kind of facet of music that I'm not as comfortable with yet. I mean, just like with anything, it's just developing new skills. Um, and then my hope is to just really continue what I'm doing and just try to be. Uh, you know, increase the the amount of gigs and the teaching that I'm doing. And, you know, one, one of the greatest things that I, that I enjoy about music so much that I, that I say this all the time to my family and friends is if I wasn't doing music, there would be experiences that I just never would have ever crossed in my life. Um, I told you about that gig that I had just done this past weekend and I played at this 97 year old's birthday party. Oh yeah. And he was a World War II Korean in Vietnam War veteran. Wow. That is insane to think that in 2022, I mean, he's got to be one of the very few last living, at least World War II veterans. Even yeah. even like in Korean and Vietnam, I mean, that that's, you know, getting up there in age. And he was very spry, very cool, quite, quite a cheeky fellow, actually. I was really surprised. <laughs> like he was very um, just... You, you wouldn't even know that he was 97. I mean, he didn't, he did not look or act the age. Um, and his, uh, during this party, when I was playing, uh, they, they did this little toast or whatever. And his daughter said that one of the things that my dad always says that still inspires me every single day when she, you know, sees him or calls him. And he always responds with something to the effect of it's a good day to be alive. <laughs> 
and it was just really really cool you know it's just and 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 got to talk to him a little bit and again those are just opportunities that i would or experiences uh you know folks that i would never cross paths with if i wasn't and yeah yeah it's, yeah it's a job like i'm there to do a job you know and it's like a contracted thing you know so I'm, I'm there to go you know be professional and you know do what you know the the customer so to speak you know yeah. wants me to do um but it's still fun you know and those right. are just great opportunities where it's like yeah i got to do this today and how many people how many people can say that they got to talk to uh 97 uh, year olds birthday or at his birthday party you know talking about war stories and how he was a uh, uh you know flo- flew over germany and did reconnaissance missions and stuff like that like yeah very cool so i've had I, you know i think you're right that, that as a musician i've had the opportunity to uh play for a lot of very nice people and and um uh whether it's uh, a social event like that where i was background music or even some of the little recitals i've done over the years um, or I've had people come up to me and um, uh, I remember doing a, a recital at, at the library on Mackinac Island mm. several years ago. And uh, I got done and this lady came up to me and uh, spoke to me and she says, this is absolutely wonderful. She I'd never been to Mackinac Island before. And she said, all of a sudden on a Thursday afternoon, there's a classical guitar recital at the at the library, and she says, "This is absolutely delightful." She says, "I've got to tell my son, and uh, and some of his friends." And she said, "My son is the one that told me to come here." I said, "Okay, it's you know, it's kind of nice, you know." Well, it turns out her son was part of the camera crew that did the um, dirty job segment on Mackinac Island, was following Mike Rowan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's. It's a pretty good profession in some ways. If you like meeting people and talking with people, just yeah, you get a chance to. It's it's fun and it, it it's it, it enriches your life quite a bit, you know. So it's not just the music and the playing of the music and entertaining people, which we do, um, and and plus the artistry that we try to bring to our jobs. But uh, one of the side benefits are can very often be the people that we get to meet. You know, so you're wrong long enough, you hear enough horror stories about some of the gigs, and it's just kind of nice to reminisce about some of the good stuff you know <laughs> quite bad <laughs> <laughs> so anyway well you were talking about you know losing your horrocks gig and as i was sitting here listening to him thinking about all of the gigs that i lost for reasons that had nothing to do with my playing and uh, had everything to do with external sources and um uh and it's frustrating but there isn't a thing in the world that you can do about it you know so it's just like live with it go with it roll with it and go on, you know, look for the next gig and move on, you know, so, and it's, it's painful sometimes. (laughs) I agree. Well, especially if you become, like, if that becomes, uh, you know, a big part of your income stream, you know, if like you become reliant on those things and then you lose it and it goes away and you're like, oh, that was something that was really, now I got to try to fill in the time or whatever that it were, the amount of money, you know. Right. And, and, and time really is, uh, that's one of the things that I've spent my life trying to get my head around this, but uh, more than anything, time is our inventory. That's all we've got to sell is time. People are willing to spend money so that they can be with us, uh, so that um, uh, uh, they can learn things, but we're really selling them time, you know, 
and uh, uh, we play for people, but we're really selling them not just our talent, but our time, you know, and 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 that's what we sell. And and uh, uh, and so when all of a sudden you've got a hole in your schedule, and that's like somebody stealing a candy bar from the Seven Eleven. I mean, that's <laughs> 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 that's just that's just lost inventory at that point. You know, so that's that's a little tough. That's a little tough. So, but yeah, that's that's a chunk of it right there. So more videos, I'm assuming, from you? Yeah, I want to try to, uh, like I was saying earlier, I think content creation is is so important. It's kind of the way of the future, you know, and, um, you know, doing the YouTube stuff and trying to create, uh, you know, more content, just posting different arrangements. And the, the successes that I have found are stuff that is like really, really quite original material. So like, you know, if you post a, an arrangement of a song that nobody on the internet has done an arrangement of before, you know, people, people really like that, you know, and, uh, you know, doing like the famous, uh, you know, staple pieces that everybody's really familiar with, you know, you type in solo arrangement of, you know, yesterday or let it be or like any, any Beatles tune, like you're going to get a million hits, you know, right, right. so it's hard to, hard to uh, make yourself distinguish or differentiate yourself from other players on the internet from doing that. Um, but if you do kind of like a B-roll, B-track song, a band or whatever that nobody's done before, then it's right. like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then, you know, people are like, oh, I forgot about that song. It's it's kind of like um, uh, the, the show Stranger Things made that Kate Bush song like super popular from uh -huh. the 80s, the Running Up the Hill song or whatever. It's like nobody, everyone's kind of forgotten about that song. I certainly didn't know about it. And then all of a sudden it's become like a huge popular thing on the Internet, you know? Right. Yeah, it's. It, it, and it's it's finding those one hit wonders or, you know, and it's also I think the other thing is that, that don't you can't discount or overlook the the popularity of the um, uh, the Great American Songbook, Fair you know, yeah. uh, and you start doing jazz, particularly with your jazz, if you can do solo jazz arrangements uh, and they're not too busy. Some one of the things that I disliked about a lot of jazz guitar players is uh, their desire to stuff as many notes as they can in every measure and on every beat. And it's, I, uh, you know, I, I saw Herb Ellis in concert one night and it was disappointing. I, I, I had seen him working with other musicians and the guy's brilliant, but when he was on stage by himself, this guy's hearing arrangements in his head that nobody else in the room can hear. And then he's playing against those. And then, some of the other guitar players that just cram it all in there. And it's like, there's, there's, there's no flow to the music. You know, it goes back to being technically proficient, but musically not so good. And so, yeah, uh, I have a couple people that I enjoy listening to online uh, that, that do. And, and I think more in terms of finger style rather than classical, but they, they've got, they've got classical background. You can see it in their technique. Um, and, uh, and it's just, nice and and the arrangements are clean and yet complete i mean you don't feel like you're missing anything or losing anything right but one of the things that i learned about classical guitar uh, was the importance of being able to play just one note that you don't have to play a chord on every beat right you know and and uh, uh and then if you if, i'm sure that you play the bach Bori, right from the first <laughs> yeah. suite as does everybody yeah. And 
And I was working out an arrangement or trying to work out an arrangement one night of a pop tune. I don't remember who it was right now uh, for a bride. I, I did a lot of these and they were quick arrangements. They just, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd start arranging on Tuesday, rehearse like crazy on Thursday and Friday and play them on Saturday and forget them by Sunday. And uh, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Boy, because I, I was going to sometimes like four and five new songs every week. And and so you got to start looking for the shortcuts. And I remembered the Boree. And I thought, Boree is, because I I play it for my students. And I'd say, if you listen close, it sounds like two people playing at the same time, which is just pure right. two-part out, a counterpoint, right? And Bach was brilliant at it. And I thought, you know, as full as that song sounds, you're never hearing more than two notes at a time. Right. So when I'm doing these arrangements, I don't have to hear more than two notes at a time if they're the right notes. If I've got two lines running, it can be two-part counterpoint, and it'll sound great. And I can remember um, a Journey song at a wedding. I forget what the name of it was. Um, oh, Don't Stop Believing, right? Don't Stop Believing, right. Thank yeah. you. Just old people. I forget. <laughs> so anyway, and, and I was playing it at the reception at a, at a dinner, and, and a couple of guys your age-ish walked past me and stopped and listened. And one guy said to the other guy, I have never heard anybody do that before. And inside, I'm going, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, and yes, yeah, so to your point, picking up a song like that, that no one's ever heard anybody else do like that. Um, and then being able to present it in that setting, you know, and. Uh, you know, that's the thing, though, too, is like, I think that most, most, uh, the general public from from what i've you know been on gigs and it and it's 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 almost become kind of a platitude because it's like this idea that you know when you're playing the classical stuff to your point like i've never heard guitar ever be played that way right and i can't tell you when i was doing the horrock stuff they i would have people that would come up to me and be like what like what do you call this what is this music and i'd be like it's you know it's classical lowercase c guitar you know right and they, um, they're just like, I, I just didn't know that it was possible to like do that. And I'm like, well, you know, that's just the, the representation of the instrument in, in this type of playing style. You know, most people when they pick up the guitar is a steel string acoustic and they learn how to strum their chords to a song. And I was the same way because when I first learned guitar, I started that way too. And I would learn a chord progression to a song and I would go like, I would go to my mom and be like, mom, guess what song this is? And I'm strumming chords. And she's like, what? because our ears are used to hearing the melody, right? The melody right. Is, what, is what tells us what the song is, you know? Sure. Chord progressions are a part of every song. It could be a million things if it's a one, four, five, you know? And um, so then I started getting into the solo arrangement stuff and it was like, oh my God, like I'm really playing the guitar as like a piano, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because the guitar is, is really truly the only like stringed polyphonic instrument. Right. You know, and then you have the ukulele. You can make the argument for that too, but I group that together. You know, um, and so you can play your your harmonics, your your harmonic structure, your chord progressions. You can play your 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 accompaniment notes, your bass, and your melody, and do all of it. And to your point with the with the beret by Bach, like very much is the case where it's just two notes going independently of one another, but yet it sounds so full. It's like our ears kind of fill in the gaps. And if you were to give that uh, that transcription to a piano player, they would just go. <laughs> one finger one note at a time and they would be like what is this basic thing you know but on the guitar you know it, it takes on a new life 
Yeah, it really does. And, and your ear just really does fill it in. And it's like, you know, we don't, we don't need to have all these notes. And like you were saying with some of the other players that cram all these notes in all at one time, you know, the melody is really at the core of the most important thing, you know, because if you play a melody on its own with no accompaniment, most people probably can figure it out. If you play Happy Birthday by itself without accompaniment, everyone's going to know what it is because when we sing it, it's not with accompaniment, you know? Right. So, yeah, but it is really interesting that I, I just think that most of the time, I think people, at least speaking in the, in the United States, I would make the argument that most people probably just haven't been exposed to playing solo guitar and um, when you do solo guitar and you're not actually like singing over top of it and you're actually playing all the all the parts on the instrument people are just like they're mind blown because they just haven't been exposed to it where it's like us guitar players we've been doing that since we've been playing classical guitar since you know the beginning right exactly and and so and it's you you, you find out very quickly as a performer why some of the popular classics are popular you know people you know it's it, it still sounds good and 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 people just are are drawn to it, you know. And when you do them on guitar, I mean, I the very first recording I ever did, uh, I released in nineteen ninety two on cassette. Remember those? <laughs> you ever seen? Ever heard of those? Yeah, I know what a cassette is. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What is Dad? What is that thing in my car? That little thing <laughs> below the CD player? What is that? The place to put your phone. So <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's a cassette player, son. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, but I had it uh, uh, transferred to CD some years ago, and and uh, and released it as a CD, and 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 uh, and then actually, you know put it on uh, various platforms online and, and uh, it's and and on that recording was fear release and I did it just to shut people up more than anything else uh, I wasn't real keen on playing that but some people wanted some popular classics and uh, so I put that's still one of the most listened to pieces uh, you know on that that I've put out I put out five CDs and that's one of the most listen to uh, uh, cuts on all five. Um, and uh, and it's because everybody knows the title, everybody knows the song. Most people, if they've had any music lessons at all, took piano for about five minutes. And that was one of the things they remember playing on the piano. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> and so so you, you, uh, you get that quite a bit. So, but it's kind of cool at the same time, you know, that's something that people respond to. And uh, but at the same time, you know, I still play I, that same CD. I uh, had um, Bill Lobos Etude Number One on it, so it's not like I relied on all, you know, uh, mainstream uh, overplayed right. stuff, you know. So right, but but uh, but that doesn't get as many listens. <laughs> yeah, that one's hard. That's all about the right hand and that oh. that Etude Number One. That's just all sixteenth note, kind of an yeah. awkward finger picking pattern you have to really kind of get it into your fingers and let the muscle memory work through it yeah yeah and then and then trying to be uh, uh do any kind of a decent interpretation you know or you know or you can be kind of creative with that as well that's that gets sure. a little tough because it's an etude and it doesn't give you a lot to work with you know so so right. anyway but but yeah it's we have we have capabilities on our instrument if we're willing to take the time to develop the jobs yeah, and, and that's the thing that I, I have found that, like, I'm 
still learning so much about, and this, you know, harkens back to my original point about just like devoting my life to like lifelong learning. And just like, you know, there's some days where I sit down with the guitar in my hands and I'm like, God, I was like, it feels like this is the first time I've ever played it. And it's just like, I'm fighting the thing, you know? And I'm sure this is the case for all musicians and other instruments too. But, and then there's other days that I'm just sitting down and I'm playing. And I'm like, man, I'm playing like effortlessly today. And I'm like, I'm really, I got, I got some chops, man. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple of days later, go through the whole thing again. I'm like, wow, I just feel like I'm not making the connections like that. I'm, you know, used to making or whatever, you know, there's just so funny. Like sometimes you sit down and you're playing a piece and it sounds really good and it's really beautiful and then blah, blah, blah. And then the next day you sit down and you play and you're like, God, I'm playing this like crap today you know, and that just happens. It's like, I wish I could just, you know, pick the days that were good on every days, but you know, there's so many intrinsic things that are going on in, in everyday life that can kind of pull your attention away from, from the focus. And, and that's the thing besides the guitar and music in general being, you know, fun and, and to, to learning it and doing it. It's such a discipline to get up every day and, and, and put in work and, and, and acknowledge the fact that there's still things that you have to do, you know, and from everybody that I've ever talked to, uh, you know, in any age variation, who's, who's a musician always says the same thing that they're, they're still only scratching the surface of, of what they want to learn. And I love that because if for some people that may be daunting, it's like, God, like, okay, I got done with school and I feel like I've not even learned anything, but it's like, well, that's why I enjoy it so much. Because again, it's just like, no matter like how old I get or how long I ever, you know, can do this physically, like I'm always going to be able to learn new things and and we're just talking purely from the sense of like uh traditional like western music i mean you go into you know eastern music then it's a whole other you know ball of wax which is really interesting to me to to me too just different world musics and you know different scales and microtones and how you know their notations work and you know it just really over collectively is just really interesting to me i'd like to thank justin for taking the time to be on the show I really enjoy getting to know him. I hope you did too. And I want to thank you too. I really appreciate your willingness to spend a little time with us here on Creative Conversations with Roger Hunt.